The median age of a Michigan resident is just shy of 40, which means that half of us, more than half really, are old enough to remember when not only was marijuana illegal, it was likely to always be illegal. Did lots of people use it anyway? Oh, yeah. But like other things that once seemed like long shots to ever come to pass, the idea that one day we might vote to not only decriminalize it, but make it legal? This was the stuff of a Cheech and Chong movie dream sequence. And here we are. It's 2018, and that very question is on the state ballot in November. This is Facts Matter, the Citizens Research Council of Michigan podcast. I'm Nancy Derringer, Communications Director for the Research Council, and in this podcast, we look at Michigan through a policy lens. Our discussions here are informed by our 102 years of experience doing nonpartisan, fact-based research on policy issues. We hope this podcast will serve as another way for the public to access our work, which is, as always, free and available to all at our website, crcmich.org. My guest today is Tim Mischling, a researcher here at the Council and our resident expert on all things marijuana. He's here to discuss Proposal 1, the ballot initiative that will, if passed, legalize marijuana use for any adult over age 21. Tim, let's start by sketching out in the simplest terms what will happen if Proposal 1 passes in November. Sure. I'm happy to hash out the details. <laughs> and we're going to be going to Pun City today, aren't we? <laughs> it looks that way. Okay. So the first thing Proposal 1 does is allow adults who are 21 years of age or older to possess, use, and cultivate marijuana. Uh, now, that would also include marijuana-infused products like edibles or tinctures or salves or other things. Um and it would also allow people to gift marijuana between adults, obviously not to people under the year age of 21. Um, so you would be able to process up to 2.5 ounces of marijuana, of which not more than 15 grams can be in the form of marijuana concentrate. Uh, up to 10 ounces could be stored uh, in a person's place of residence if it were in a locked container. And people could also grow up to 12 plants, uh, but those could not be in public view. Okay, so a pretty um, a pretty robust and thorough legalization here. Um, then there's also a lot of other factors like legalizing industrial hemp uh, for purposes beyond just research, um, as well as eliminating most all criminal penalties for marijuana possession violations uh, and replacing them with civil infractions that would be punishable by fines. Okay. And if Proposal 1 fails, uh, things will stay as they are now? That is, with medical marijuana legal, with a card, but only for those with cards? Yep. If, if people vote no, then we stick with the exact status quo. Uh, and Michigan has already uh, created a medical marijuana system, and that is um, unaffected if this doesn't pass. Okay. All right. So we've all heard a lot about um, what will happen if this passes, but many people are, maybe people are making some assumptions here. 
Um, let's start with the money that this is supposed to raise for the state. Um, I know we don't know uh, an exact figure yet. All we really have are estimates. But what is um, probably the best estimate of what kind of tax revenue this could would mean to the state of Michigan? Sure. So the most recent of those estimates that I'm aware of uh, is from a sort of economic study that was commissioned by the coalition to regulate marijuana like alcohol, uh, okay. which is the group that has put the, the proposal language forward. And their estimate shows that um, marijuana taxes would generate around 53 or 54 million during the first year and reach a peak of around 134 million per year uh, in 2023, which would be market maturity. Uh, an important thing to consider is that what we've seen in other states is that medical marijuana revenues tend to go down a little bit as people start to buy recreationally. Um, so it would, with medical and, and recreational combined, uh, it would be around 160 million uh, per year. And then from that point, uh, revenue is predicted to grow slowly over time uh, as the population size in the state theoretically increases and as consumption goes up. Okay. And that is, you know, these are estimates. These are only estimates, right? I mean, these are not, um, you know, if, if, if every state legalizes marijuana, which is extremely unlikely, but you never know, um, we could, it, it could kind of be like casino gambling, you know, where if you don't have to travel to do it, you won't travel to do it. And so, you know, those, those numbers could go down or up. We don't know. Yeah. The, the prediction is up. Okay. All right. Um, so do you, I mean, do we believe that legalizing marijuana is going to increase the use of it in, in Michigan? Um, people who, have perhaps been resisting it because it's illegal and their law-abiding citizens might might get into it. So it, it's a it's a complicated question, actually, uh, deceptively complicated. When you talk about use going up, you have to look at consumption, both in terms of the number of consumers, but also the volume of consumption. If people are using more or less, um, and you have to consider ongoing trends, the cost factors. So a legal market will lower costs, uh, perceived barriers. Uh, it's theoretically easier to obtain marijuana in a legal market. And like you said, people are less afraid of the potential consequences. So all of those types of things would tend to increase use. Uh, you have to look at social norms and beliefs and what all survey evidence is showing is that the perceived harm of marijuana and some of the social stigma is is going away very quickly in, in recent years, um, as well as advertising uh, that happens once you have a market that's invested in making money. So some of those change quickly and others slowly, but every one of those factors predicts more usage. And what we've seen in other states uh, is that in general, use has gone up uh, among all age groups, that kind of the exception to that is in Colorado among people under 18, um, where use has remained relatively stable. Um, and there could be a lot of reasons for that. Some people think that Colorado being on sort of the vanguard of medical marijuana, people were already exposed to some of the advertising and use had already 
gone up uh, well in the past. And so the current trend isn't as affected by the recreational legalization. Um, Colorado has also spent a lot of money going into schools and doing uh, education and, and prevention programs. So there can be some countervailing forces uh an initial estimate in Washington also showed that use among kids hadn't increased, uh, but then a more robust study came out that said, hey, actually, use is going down in other places, and when we look at all these different factors, it, it has gone up, uh, albeit just a little. Okay, all right. And um, where does, you know, Michigan is, uh, like every state, is um, starved <laughs> for tax revenue. Um, where would the marijuana tax revenue go? Sure. So the in addition to allowing use of, of marijuana, the proposal one would create a regulatory structure within the Department of Licensing and Regulatory Affairs, uh, which is the department that's in charge of Michigan's medical marijuana program. So there are, is licensure for businesses, regulatory limits on, for instance, maximum THC concentration. And in tandem with creating that new sort of regulated market, there's a new 10% excise tax that would be levied on marijuana sales. And so of that 10 percent. Fifteen percent would go to municipalities that have marijuana retail stores, fifteen uh, percent to counties, uh, only the ones with marijuana retail stores, and then thirty-five percent to the school aid fund uh, to pay for schools and thirty-five percent to the Michigan Transportation Fund uh, to go toward roads and, and the things that we use the transportation fund for. Um, and there's also, remember, the existing six percent uh, sales tax. And so sales tax revenues from marijuana sales would uh, be used in the same way that any other sales tax revenue is. And so among that disposition, uh, 73% around or thereabouts uh, goes towards schools as okay. well. Okay. And these are all, these are obviously all, um, you know, parts of the Michigan budget that, that could definitely use the cash infusion, you know, schools and roads in particular. Certainly, those are the things that we, we always think of, although when you look at, you know, a sort of sunny estimate of $134 million, that's not a whole lot of uh, money going to, to schools or roads. No. Uh, so we're looking at maybe marijuana will keep a, you know, both directions of a, of a two-lane road in the UP going for about 15 miles each year. <laughs> and so that's, I'm sure the folks up in Escanaba will be very grateful for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so without, um, shall we say, harshing anyone's mellow, uh, it is safe to say that legalizing weed will bring at least some associated costs, um, many of them unanticipated, uh, in public health and some other issues. But none of the money raised will go toward these expenses. Um, how is this different from other states that have legalized marijuana? Sure. So first of all, other states uh, tend to have higher tax rates. Uh, if you look at the rate in Washington state, which was one of the first two that legalized, uh, it's a 37% excise tax. Um, and in Colorado, there are they've actually raised the tax subsequently to it passing, and so they're now, um, you know, a 15% excise tax and a 15% special sales tax. Um, and in in each of these states, as well as California, Oregon, uh, if you look at the you know proposed rules in 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 Maine and in Massachusetts. Uh, 
all of these states are devoting resources to substance abuse treatment and prevention, to mental health services, to uh, to public health and health education, uh, as well as some other potentially related issues like school dropout prevention or recidivism reduction and the like. Uh, and so, kind of the idea is when you have an excise tax or a sin tax on on something that when you create a new program, uh, it should pay for itself. And so the thing I should have said earlier is that all of the new marijuana taxes will first uh, go toward paying for the regulatory structure and the, and the program within within LARA uh, okay. at the state level. So what's left over is what gets distributed to, to roads and schools. Um, and then that's similar in every other state. But what we see in other states is that they've recognized that this is uh, a public health issue. And that's kind of been recognized even going back into the, the 70s and earlier, where there's always been this kind of battle between uh, sort of making something forbidden and criminalizing it and punishing people for it as opposed to looking at treatment options and and focusing on prevention and supporting people um and so in the case of michigan we're we're not doing that we've picked kind of the the budget areas that are that are popular and and visible but um you know, we did that with the lottery as well with schools, and there's been this constant mystification of people saying, oh, I thought the lotteries were was going to pay for the schools. Uh, and a good portion of that revenue after winnings and after running the lottery, um, all of that money does go to schools. It's just that it's not a lot of money relative to what schools cost. And yes. in, the case of, in the case of this, uh, it's even less. Okay. Um, do you... Th- <laughs> Do you think, and this this probably is something that you can't answer with anything other than speculation, but do you get the sense that we are ready for this law's unintended consequences? Because there are always unintended consequences. Um, but, you know, and we're going to have to figure it out as we go in large part. But as somebody who has looked into this uh, pretty extensively, do you feel as though Michigan, if this passes, Michigan is ready for what will happen as a result? Well, um, we're not setting ourselves to up to collect data. So other states have put money aside to collect data and to track things and study them. And when you don't know something, the, the first step is is understanding it. Um, and we're also not putting aside uh, any money for, like I said, substance abuse treatment and prevention, mental health services, or public health and health education, which are functions that we know that we'll need at least to some extent. Um, so by my definition, that's, you know, that is the definition of unprepared. We, we have things that we know we need to be doing. Um, and we also, anyone with any understanding of government knows that if you don't say that we're going to do this and you don't put money aside to actually make it happen, uh, it doesn't happen typically. Exactly. So, so yeah, I would say that's, that's unprepared. Okay. Um, Now, many have pointed out that legalizing marijuana is long overdue um, because many mostly law abiding people uh, may have police records related to marijuana use or possession. Um, Does this proposal do anything for them? Um, yeah, I mean, so <laughs> there's been an immense human cost to the criminalization of marijuana. I don't think that that's, 
even in dispute. And so while the reality is that very few people are, you know, in prison or, you know, facing long-term incarceration just for marijuana, they typically have a lot of other things on their record. If you look at marijuana arrests, those far outpace arrests for all the other violent crimes combined, uh, and that's at the national level, and then in Michigan, even more so. And so often you have people uh, for using marijuana who are then saddled with a criminal record, which can create long-term hardship uh, when they're looking for a job or, or looking to do other things that having a criminal record makes more difficult. And beyond that, we see racial and socioeconomic disparities in arrest rates, with black adults being three times more likely to be arrested uh, than white adults, despite comparable use. Uh, so for those people going forward, um, this would eliminate those types of arrests. Although when you look in Colorado, it hasn't eliminated the disparity, uh, but there are fewer arrests overall. And so um, some people would see that as a step in the right direction. Although I wouldn't frame Prop 1 only in terms of addressing the war on drugs, because while the war on drugs has been, I think, in most people's opinion, uh, a failure, um, there are a lot of policy options that you could do. And so this bill isn't decriminalization. You could decriminalize marijuana without creating a legal market. Um, this, excuse me, I said, Bill, this, this proposal. So exactly. Okay. This, this, this proposal isn't decriminalization. Um, it's, it's legalization and the creation of a regulated market. And so it doesn't include any restorative justice funding, which other states have done, which would be to repair harm from the war on drugs in, in communities that are disproportionately affected. And it also doesn't include uh, marijuana amnesty. So it's not forgiving any past convictions for, for marijuana. And so if the policy goal was to address kind of the costs of combating marijuana uh, through the criminal justice system, then the policy response to that would probably be decriminalization. But legalization, uh, the goal for that is to, you know, create a market where people can buy and, and you know, merchants can sell marijuana. And okay. it can be produced on a large scale. And that's that's kind of a different, different thing. Okay. Um, last question here. Um, you have done like I said, exhaustive research on this. Do you believe that marijuana is safer than alcohol or tobacco? I think that's a little bit of a, a, a loaded question, but I can... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, they're different. I mean, they're all different. You know, one yeah, is, so a, couple, one is a, a, couple things. a bad habit that generally doesn't have psychoactive effects. That would be tobacco. Um, but alcohol certainly does. And yeah. So, so a couple things. A couple things on that. So first, I would say when you say, um, "Well, alcohol and tobacco are worse, so we should legalize marijuana," I might respond with, "Well, is that isn't that also an argument to consider whether or not tobacco should be legal, or whether or not we're regulating alcohol enough if they're that much worse?" So that can go in either direction. Um, it's important to note that for every dollar in alcohol and tobacco tax revenue that that we raise as a society, uh, there are more than $10 uh, in costs that are lost in health, social, legal, uh, and regulatory issues. So the costs of alcohol and tobacco outstrip any tax revenue by hundreds of billions of dollars every year. Uh, the second thing to consider is that when you say worse, it really depends on your criteria, which I think you were alluding to. So right. are you talking about the short-term effect or the long-term effect, the acute 
toxicity, the physiological effect, psychosocial effect, length of life, quality of life. Um, so if you're just looking at you know risk of overdose, then cigarettes are probably pretty great but we know that tobacco is you know a leading cause of premature death and leads to all sorts of health problems over the course of a person's life uh, one study that people like to point to a lot was from 2015 uh, by uh, a researcher, Dirk Lockenmeyer, and it was published in Scientific Reports. And that study found that marijuana poses a much lower comparative risk than tobacco, alcohol, or other illicit drugs. Um, and so to that point, you might, under this criteria, say marijuana is, is far less harmful. Uh, but the analysis was based specifically on the ratio between toxicological threshold and estimated hum human intake. And so even the authors in that case acknowledged that the risk of marijuana was probably underestimated due to its low acute toxicity and because the study considered mortality but didn't look at long-term quality of life effects. And sure. so when you consider... There's a lot of research that that shows both uh, effects related to substance abuse, uh, related to mental health, related to from marijuana, uh, including a you know sixfold increase in the uh, relative risk of developing psychotic illnesses. There are some uh, considerable issues associated with marijuana in terms of mental health and long-term quality of life. Uh, and there was a study published this month in the American Journal of Psychiatry that found that marijuana had a worse concurrent and lasting impact on cognitive development among adolescents than did alcohol. So hmm. again, it depends on which which criteria you're looking at. Um, and the other the last thing I want to say about kind of marijuana versus alcohol tobacco is that it's a kind of whataboutism when you say exactly, you know, we're talking about legalizing marijuana, and so the policy analysis focuses on marijuana. And as soon as you say, what about cigarettes? What about beer? What about sugar? Um, if we're talking about sugar, then let's talk about you know whether we put taxes on sugar or regulate consumption of sugar relative to its health effects. In terms of marijuana, we need to look at what the real risks are, uh, however high or low those may be, and address them specifically. And then moreover, we need to consider Consider, since there's uh, pretty good statistical evidence that uh, high volumes of marijuana consumption are associated with uh, substance abuse issues, not only related to marijuana, but also related to alcohol and other substances, um, that if you know, freer use of, of an access to marijuana leads to more tobacco consumption or more alcohol consumption, um, then there would be, you know, spillover health effects. And in that case, we still don't really know. Uh, okay. More study is needed. And okay. so again, let's put money into studying it. Okay. And, and we're not. So I guess, uh, but as we pointed out, um, the, as the research council has pointed out many times, uh, these, these initiatives frequently, these ballot initiatives, when, if they are adopted, if they pass, frequently require a great deal of additional uh, cleanup, mop-up work by the legislature afterward to, to iron a lot of this stuff out. So. That's usually the thing you see, and at that case, it's a it's a pretty high bar to pass, uh, yeah. you know, requiring a, a legislative supermajority to amend. Um, right. And there are political consequences as well, because 
you know, schools, roads, and local government all need money. And if you change the allocation formula, even if it's going to, you know, new costs that we have related to marijuana, you're still taking money away from schools or you're taking money away from roads. And there's a high political cost to, to making a decision like that. Okay. All right. Well, Tim, this has been very enlightening, as it always is. Um, I thank you for joining me today, and uh, we will see what happens in a little less than a month. Yep, it sounds like some seeds have been planted. Okay. <laughs> thank you for keeping the puns uh, to a minimum for now. So, well, okay. I guess the grass is always green around the other side. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. And now that we have emptied that pot of gold... That will do it for this edition of Facts Matter, the Citizens Research Council of Michigan podcast. Remember, the council operates as a public resource, and all of our papers, along with blogs, op-eds, and other resources, are available for download on our website, crcmich.org. We operate as a nonprofit through the generosity of Michigan's corporations, foundations, and individuals like you. If you'd like to make a donation, go to our website, crcmich.org, and click on the contribution button on the homepage. We also welcome feedback, which you can send via email to crcmich at crcmich.org. I'm Nancy Derringer, and until next time, I leave you with this observation by our founding president, Lent Upson. The right to criticize government is also an obligation to know what you're talking about. Thanks for listening.